We at Echoes of Holiness Radio wanted to say thank you to Brother Don Rich. We've heard him preach the gospel all over the world. In Oklahoma we heard him a lot at Watts Holiness Church. We've heard him preach in Georgia, Florida, Virginia, California and even down in Mexico at a camp meeting with Sister Gail Myers. God bless you all as you listen. Thank you to all of God's people. It is so good to feel the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I like that song that the brothers were singing. Poor as a beggar, rich as a king. The blessings of the Lord, they do make us rich. And they add us no sorrow. If you can feel the presence of the Lord in your life tonight, and know that Jesus is that treasure in this earthen vessel, you may be poor, but you're rich as a king. I read in the Bible in the book of Revelation about a church that said that they were rich and increased in goods and had need of nothing. But when Jesus analyzed that church, He said, you're poor and miserable and naked and blind and wretched. And He counseled them to buy of Him gold tried in the fire. Oh, hallelujah. All of us that know Jesus tonight, we are rich. I really did appreciate the service today, didn't you? And the preaching that we've had has been outstanding. And the young ministers that have ministered have ministered outstanding this evening. The devil comes to you and tells you that there's no one available to take us older preacher's place. You tell him that you tell him he's a liar. We've got men, young men that are willing and are taking the torch and carrying the light to a lost generation. All we need is some more of those finny hot. Brother Don Rich, you know how I am, but I want to turn around and do something right here before you start in this All preaching. Right. I want these boys to hand me $100 here. I've got five handed to me. I wouldn't do this if it didn't feel like it. I want to put $100 in that boy's pocket right up there, and I want him to spend it on himself. I don't want him to give it an offering. I want him to use it while he's down here in this field. Hallelujah. Well, that's for that boy that gave $11. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You just can't beat God giving. No matter how hard you try, you just can't beat God giving. God bless that young man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'd like to ask you to stand with me one more time. Let's ask God's blessing upon the Word of God and ask God to help me tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you stretch out your hand here tonight? Touch the lost. Touch the souls of those that are not prepared to meet you. Minister to our needs, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, minister to this congregation. Backsliders that are here, dear Lord, touch their hearts. Fill this altar with repentant hearts, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I am reading a very familiar text down in the 16th chapter of the book of St. Luke's Gospel. St. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. A familiar portion of Scripture that every preacher that's preached very long has attempted to preach from this portion of Scripture. I would like to say to you that God's Word is just as powerful 
just as potent tonight as if it was spoken by God this very day. You say, well, we're going to wear these texts out. No, you're not going to wear them out. For they are God's eternal word. And they are forever settled in the heaven. Hallelujah. And God gave us these texts to preach to lost humanity. And we're going to preach them. If you could write to God in heaven or telephone God in heaven and ask God how to get to heaven, He would send you back a Bible and tell you to live by the Word of God and you'll make heaven your home. St. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19 states, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I believe you'll have to agree with me tonight that there has never been a generation that has lost their fear of hell like this present generation in which we live. There has never been a time when the church world in general has lost their fear of hell and the judgment, the fiery judgment of an angry God as this generation. Never has there been a time when so many feel, as the writer stated, there is no fear of God before their eyes. The lack of the fear of hell has brought on the present circumstances that we see. Sin running rampant. Worldliness in the churches. Amen. Sinners and so-called saints alike who have lost their fear of hell. They have now settled into a place of unconcernness because they do not feel that God really mean, means what He says. I do not serve God just because I want to go to heaven. For I have found very few people who wanted to go to heaven that did not first believe that there was a literal burning hell. One of my first messages that I ever preached was ten reasons why I want to go to heaven. My number one reason was this. I do not want to go to hell. The reason I'm here tonight preaching, I still want to make heaven my home. Hell has been mocked. It's been mimicked. It's been laughed at. But hell is no joke. Sometimes those on the outside... They look at their best friends and tell them to go to hell. But I use this word reverently. 
I use it discreetly tonight. But there is a place of torment, a place of punishment. I cannot preach heaven without preaching hell. I cannot preach salvation without preaching damnation. I cannot preach the love of God without preaching the judgment of Almighty God. The same Bible that teaches me to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The same verse of scripture states, He that believeth not shall be damned. I want to preach to you tonight on there is no place like hell. There is no place like hell. In Amos 2 and 6, they sold the righteous for silver and the poor for a pair of shoes. In Joel 3 and 3, a boy was given for a harlot and a girl was sold for a glass of wine. Sounds cheap, doesn't it? In Revelations 18 and 13, at the fall of Babylon, mercenary men, merchants if you please, they weep and cry. They were not only dealing in materialistic things, but they were dealing in the souls of men. Oh, it'd be a terrible thing to sell out the righteous people here for silver. It would be terrible to trade the poor for a pair of shoes. It'd be a terrible thing to give a boy for a harlot and a girl for a glass of wine. It would be a terrible thing to make merchandise of the souls of men. But ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what is happening in this hour in which we live when preachers fill these pulpits and fail to preach to this hell-bent society the pending judgment of Almighty God and the hell fire for those who reject His Son and the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. It is the biggest wholesale of souls. It's taken place in our hour when men are preaching nothing but love, love, love and peace, peace, peace. But mothers and sisters, listen to me tonight. Backsliders, listen to me tonight. There is a hell and that one that's sitting next to you or even you yourself could end up in such a terrible place and once you are in hell you will agree fully with my message tonight there is no place no place like hell in revelations 20 and 12 john the revelator said and i saw the dead stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which was the book of life and the dead were judged according to the things which were written in the books and John the revelator told us a great host of people amen who would be there and then he said and everyone whose names were not written in the book of life was cast into a lake of fire this is the second death. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. How close is America to ending up on the side with the goats instead of the sheep? Oh yes, there will be a judgment of the nations. The Bible says that Jesus would separate them as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. And he would put the sheep on his right hand and the goats would he put on the left. 
And he would say to them on his left, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There's no place like hell. Hear what I'm telling you. A question is asked by Jeremiah in Jeremiah 13 and 21. What wilt thou say when he shall punish thee? I have been in the courtrooms. I have read in the papers. I have saw the smirks on the faces of those who have stood in the courts of our land and heard the judge read off their sentence that they were sentenced amen, to life imprisonment or to the electric chair or to some other form of imprisonment. And I saw them smirk and laugh and say, we will appeal this to a higher court. But sinner, if your sins are not under the blood and you hear those words depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, there is no higher court to take your case to. There is no higher judge. You will be before the judge of all judges and your sentence will be eternal and it will be final. Oh, hallelujah. You say, what do I have to do to go to hell? You don't have to do anything. Just reject the message of Jesus Christ. Just reject this preacher tonight. Just reject when the Spirit deals with your heart. And you don't have to do anything. Just keep traveling down that Christ-rejecting road. And you'll find that hell will move itself to meet thee at thy coming. There is no place like hell. I hear people say, life for me has become a hell right here on earth. Don't ever get that foolish notion that there are conditions here in this world that will even start to compare with the punishments of hell. No matter how severe the conditions are, life here at its worst is a picnic, if you please, compared to hell at its best. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, in hell tonight, you will hear people say, you are in hell tonight, you'll hear the cry of the suffering. You'll hear the cry of men like uh, this rich man who will say, I am tormented in this flame. Not long ago, on May the 23rd, 1994, just a few weeks ago, in the issue, the May issue, May 23rd issue of U.S. News and World Report, they carried this article. This article concerned a man by the name of Lieutenant Louis B. Puller. Mr. Puller was a Vietnam War veteran who committed suicide just a few weeks ago. Lieutenant Puller's father was also a military man. His father was the highest most decorated marine in the history of America. His son, Lieutenant Lewis P. Puller, that I'm preaching about tonight, he also was a marine. And he led a platoon in the Vietnam War. In the midst of the battle one day, Lieutenant Puller 
stepped on a booby trap of the enemy. When the arsenal exploded, it severed one of his limbs at the trunk. It severed the other limb ten inches below the trunk. It uh, ripped up both of his hands in the shreds. And it left a gaping hole in his side. When he finally did return to the United States, oh, he did not die. When he finally did return to the United States, after some time of recuperation, he weighed only 60 pounds. When his twin sister saw him, she prayed that he would die. But he did not die. He lived on. He became a, a wheelchair victim. And he turned to drugs and dope and alcohol. He turned in his agony and pain to painkillers. Depression and pain and agony filled his life. And finally suicide came his way. When asked by a news reporter just a few months before his suicide his suicidal death when the news reporter asked him said what are you going to do puller when you reach heaven he said i will say lieutenant lewis b puller reporting for service sir i have already spent my time in hell now i do not want to take away from any honor that belongs to mr puller and any patriotic honor he deserves i want to give him an ever other serviceman but lieutenant puller you are wrong i know lieutenant puller's pain must have been indescribable i no doubt the battlefield where sweat blood and tears was shed by lieutenant puller deserves our respect but lieutenant puller you're wrong when you took that gun and pull the trigger you plunged into a place of everlasting torment as terrible as the battlefield may have been as terrible as it may have been there lying in his own blood with the legs dismembered from his body if lieutenant could talk to this congregation tonight he would tell you I would gladly come out of hell and go back and relive every moment if I could just get out of this place because there is no place no place like hell oh God oh God in Kansas City at the KU Kansas University Research Center for cancer patients I saw the most repulsive sight I have ever seen all you got to do is walk down the halls, look into those rooms. You can see some terrible sights. You can hear agony. You can hear men and women groaning. You can see people with parts of their bodies dismembered by the dreaded disease of cancer. But I went to visit a man. His son told me, said he cannot talk. He cannot speak. But I wish you would go see him. I went to this hospital and hunted this man up. I was not prepared for what I seen. For you see, they had a tube bypassing his esophagus, or at least where his esophagus one time was. Cancer had eaten his esophagus away. They were force-feeding him applesauce when I came in through this tube directly into his stomach. I saw this man, and when I looked at him, I could hardly stand it. It was so repulsive. 
cancer had taken off one side of his tongue and left only a pointed half of a tongue. Cancer had eaten out the roof of his mouth. Whenever I looked, he had one eye socket completely missing. A ball, just a socket, no eyeball. And he could brain that portion of the tongue that he had left through where the palate of his mouth one time was and bring it out of his eye socket. When I looked at it, I could hardly stand it. I thought no condition could ever be worse than this. But if that man could talk to you tonight, he did not get saved. I tried to pray with him and he'd shake his head no. Let me tell you, if he could talk to you tonight, he would say I would gladly come out of hell, go back to that hospital bed, writhe in pain, there's no place like hell Jesus himself said if thy right hand offend thee cut it off it's better to go through life maimed than to enter into hell with both hands where the fire is not quenched where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched there is no place no place like hell oh God a bottomless pit a devouring fire a place where prayers are never heard hear what I'm telling you tonight there is no place like hell no place think of the worst conditions think of Rwanda tonight where dead carcasses are floating down rivers of water read an article said first the bodies of the men who tried to defend the wives and children and women. Then next, wait for the women to come. And then the little children floating along in a river of water. But imagine that river of water turned into fire. And imagine those people that are already dead, still alive in that river of fire where the worm this is laying heavy on me. Where the worm dieth not, and where the fire is not quenched. We visited in Mexico, in the far western coast of Mexico. They told me of a place there, out at the dump, out at the garbage heap. Said, you need to go out there and see something. I went out to that garbage dump. Brother Charles Moore, my wife, and Brother Charles Moore's wife was with me. They could not stand to look at what we saw. For there, in that garbage dump, we saw houses erected out of cardboard. We saw mothers and fathers who had not even seen a bathtub. We saw little children and babies sifting through the filth and the stench and the rotten refuse of that large city trying to get a morsel of meat or bread. We saw them working through the maggot infested carcasses trying to find one piece of meat that they could eat. Little babies that wasn't cleaned up like your baby Cheryl. They wasn't cleaned up like this little girl. Little girls just that precious. No clothes on sifting through that filth we looked and we looked and we saw not one but several children that was were trying to find a morsel of bread and I'm a big man I'll admit but I stood back and all I could do was weep and cry and I said surely surely 
This could, this is the worst place that could ever be. I was working on this message at that time, and God spoke to me and said, "There's not a man or a woman or boy or girl that's in hell tonight that would not gladly come out of hell, walk into this dump as if they were checking in to a summer resort area, and gladly welcome the filth and the refuse just to get out of hell, for there is no place." No place, no place like hell. Why do we have the Bristol meeting? Why do they spend $20,000 to try to have this meeting? To rescue your soul before you go to hell. Today when we went home from the day service, I was tired. I told my wife, I said, honey, I don't want to disturb you. You lay down and rest. But I cannot lay down. I cannot rest. I must get as far away from you as I can in this room. But I must spend the afternoon seeking my God. I must spend the afternoon praying to Jesus. I might could pluck somebody as a firebrand out of the out of the burning and out of hell. In Reynosa, Mexico. Probably Sister Gail's out there somewhere. Amen, Sister Gail. I know I've seen this man. There's a man there who both of his limbs is missing. He has strapped himself, amen, to a little board that has roller skate wheels on it. And with his hands, he rolls up and down the streets of Reynosa, Mexico, digging in the marketplaces in the garbage to try to find something to eat say terrible terrible there's not a man in hell who would not gladly change places with that fella for you see in hell Jesus said if your right foot offend you cut it off for it'd be better for you to go through life maimed than to go into hell with all of your members in hell men with legs wish they had no legs it cut down on their pain at least their legs wouldn't be on fire those with hands will wish somehow they'd had a hand severed before they left here because their hands are on fire their heads on fire their eyes are on fire and heaven's theme song heaven's theme song will be hallelujah the Lord God omnipotent reigneth but I believe Jeremiah pinned hell's theme song when he cried out, Harvest is ended, summer is past, and we are not saved. No place, no place like hell. Hear what I'm telling you. When God turns men into hell, some may say, we did not receive justice. I doubt it. But some may be bold enough to say we did not receive justice. But immediately according to Revelations chapter 16 and 7, an angelic host will stand up in the defense of God's judgment when you are turned into hell, sinner, and you say, I did not receive justice, an angelic host will stand up in the defense of God's judgment, and they'll cry in unison, true and righteous are thy judgments. Oh, God, better stay out of hell tonight. I heard this story of a man in the state of Pennsylvania 
This man was married. I believe maybe had one child. A crippling disease like muscular dystrophy or one of these diseases took hold of his body. And he become weaker and weaker. Till finally he become an invalid. His wife stayed with him. He was a Christian. But after a while, she got tired of pushing him around because his condition grew worse and worse. And finally, she would have to take care of him like you take care of a child. He lost control of all of his personal facilities. And she'd have to take care of him as a child. She finally got tired, left him with the baby and took up with another man. They finally put this boy into a convalescent home where they could take care of him properly. There he finally lost use of his vocal cords. And all he could do was sit in a wheelchair, his hands crippled, his body maimed, his feet and legs drawn. Oh, and his foot not speak. And they asked him, said, we want to know something. Are you still a Christian? Is your faith still in the Lord? And this is where I got the title to my topic. The story said he took a pen and asked for a pad. And with much and great effort, he took that pen in his hand and scribbled on the pad. I must keep my faith in God, for there is no place like hell. Oh, hear me tonight. Hear me tonight. You better keep your faith in God. There is no place, no place like hell. Let me move on quickly. Let me move on quickly. Listen to me. When you slide off into hell, you must understand. Amen. You must understand that it is final. It is eternal. It is a place, amen, where there's much remorse and much prayer, but no prayers are ever heard. And regardless of your suffering, you may look at your loved ones in pain, lying on a deathbed, and you might say it'd be better for them if they'd just go on. They're suffering so much. Oh, no, not if they're not ready to meet God. For hear what I'm telling you, prolonged life. Though in great pain is a great mercy from God to those who are not prepared to meet God. Every day is another reprieve, another opportunity, another time to repent, another time to plead the shed blood of Jesus on your sins. You sinners and backsliders that's made it through another day. God's give you another reprieve. He's give you another day. Only His mercy is holding you out of hell tonight. On His grace is keeping you from falling into hell tonight. What are you going to do with this opportunity that God's given you? Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Better get on God's side. For the Bible says in Revelations 14 and 9 that there is no rest in hell says they rest not day nor night those that have the mark of the beast and the number of his name they rest not day nor night there's one thing I know if nothing unusual happens I'm going to be tired and weary about midnight tonight but I look forward to crawling on that nice bed that you folks have provided for me and rest 
When I was just a boy, and this is a good way to keep your boys out of trouble. When I was just a boy, about this time of year, I had a whole handle in my hand. Uh-huh. I sure did. And I went up and down the rows. We lived on a farm here in Oklahoma. Our rows was about a half of a quarter long. And we'd have to make an entire round. Go down and back. But my daddy kept a big old jug wrapped in a toe sack or a gunny sack for some of you later ones in a burlap bag. Amen. He kept it wrapped there and wet from the creek. And he said, now boys, just as soon as we make this round, we'll sit down under that big oak a while and we'll get that jug down and drink, a, get us a good cool drink of water. The sun would be beaming down. We would still be a ways. But I'd eye that jug for a while. Then I'd work for a while waiting for a little reprieve, a little repose to sit down and rest but oh in hell there is no rest the black preacher I was listening to preaching on hell said if you can find a seat in hell to sit down on it's going to be a hot seat he said if you can find a bed to lay down on it'll be a hot bed and oh how true it is there is no place no place like hell I'm moving on quickly don't want to preach too long tonight Better get on God's side. For the Bible said, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from henceforth. They do rest from their labors. There is a rest for the people of God. But in hell, there is no rest. Is the record right? Is it really true? Let's hear John's testimony. When he said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But there cometh one after me, who's mightier than I, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Jesus himself spoke of hell fire. Hear what I'm telling you. I saw a rock and roll, a group, or at least some young people that was hooked on rock and roll. They all had on teeth t-shirts that depicted some rock and roll band across the back of that t-shirt said laughing laughing all the way to hell I thought yes sir you may laugh all the way to hell but the moment you enter hell you're going to quit laughing there and you're going to start moaning and weeping and crying you're going to be crying out I am tormented in this flame you're going to meet men like oh you're going to meet men like Cain who's going to be crying out my punishment is greater than I can bear you'll meet men like Ahab who'll say I'm the one that sold myself to do evil in the sight of God you'll meet men like Judas who'll be crying throughout all eternity I betrayed the innocent blood you'll see men like King Agrippa who'll be crying out I was almost persuaded men like Belshazzar who'll be crying I was weighed in the balance and found warning but who is that coming weeping all the way through hell weeping I'm Esau I'm the man who sought with tears carefully I sought repentance I sought it with tears but I found no place of repentance though I sought it carefully with tears 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear people say to me everywhere I go, Brother Rich, what do you think about these doctrines, these cults, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, that teach there is no eternal hell? I think they'll soon find out that their leader was wrong and that has, has, they have been deceived and led into the very hell they did not believe in. Oh, hallelujah. What about the seven-day Adventists that do not believe there is no literal, burning, eternal hell? I think they will find themselves one million years from now still screaming and crying in the flames of hell, Brother Lance, and saying there is no place, no place like hell. I'm trying to hurry and close. I feel God moving in my soul. Hear what I'm telling you? Hear what I'm telling you? In 1903, on January the 27th, there was a fire broke out in a London asylum. There were 300 inmates in that asylum for the mentally retarded. In that fire, 50 inmates perished. 250 had to be pulled out of the fire. But I want you to notice their insane actions. It said when some were warned of the fire, they laughed at the very mention of fire. Does that sound like our generation? Some would not leave their bed in the night. Some were found hiding under the beds after it was too late. Some seemed to fancy that the rescuers had just made up the story of a fire. And some of you think I'm making up the story of a real burning hell. But in the book, that's forever settled in heaven. It declares that there is a hell and there is no place like hell. Some were heard knocking at a closed door when it was too late. But listen to this. Every sane man and woman who was employed or visiting there helped with the rescue of those that were perishing. We better get busy, brothers and sisters. Is my little grandson here tonight, little Derek? Is he awake? Bring him on up here. My little grandson. I'm telling you, there's no place quite like hell. There's no place like it. Hell's real. Hell's a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the bad news is every sinner already has been sentenced to go to hell. You are already sentenced. I preached one time, I believe, at the Blanchard Church. on I've canceled my reservations for hell. Have you canceled yours? The good news is you can cancel your reservations for hell tonight. I know a lawyer that can get you off the hook. And though your sins be many, and the charges against you is a long, long list, I know a lawyer that can get every charge dropped. Oh, that you're charged with. His name is Jesus. This is my little grandson, two years old. Hallelujah. I love him. Precious, isn't he? How about giving Papa some sugar? Come on. Oh, wonderful. Now, I'm going to tell you how terrible hell is. Grieve my heart that this week 
the rest of this week, sometime in the week, I'd get the telephone call. That little grandson that you love so much has died. You're going to have to visit the cemetery. You're going to have to put him away. And all of a sudden, I remember those kisses. I remember the touch of those little hands on my face. Like the other night, and I had him out the house. And even though he's almost asleep, he kept running his hands through my hair and over my face. Precious. I would rather put little Derek away this week and never feel his kiss again than for him to grow up, turn down the wrong road, and end up in hell where Grandpa can't preach to him, where Mama can't come to him, where Daddy can't rescue you. Oh, hear me. I've got one daughter, Tanya, that's out in sin tonight. Went deep in sin. Marred and scarred her life with sin. Oh, listen. Lots of times we don't hear from her for quite a little while. But when she needs something, when there's a need in her life, she calls Daddy. She calls Mama. And Mama runs. Or Daddy runs. The other day she called me and said, Daddy, I just wanted you to pray for me. That's why I'm called. But Tanya, you might be here tonight. But if you end up in hell, Mama can't run to you. Daddy can't come to you. Amen. The preacher can't preach to you. The Keen Mountain Boys can't sing to you. There'll be no music there. There'll be no painkillers there. There'll be no dope there. There'll be no alcohol there. There is no place. No place like hell. No place like hell. My heart, my heart is so grieved for one of my close friends and his wife tonight, Brother L.D. Savage. We've preached meetings together. I'm scheduled to preach camp meetings with Brother Savage this summer. I couldn't hardly stand it when I heard the news that Randy, his son, was murdered last night. That was almost more than I could take. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. Please understand what I'm telling you. They said that after a coroner or at least a, a, an autopsy, they decided that he lived about an hour after he was shot. And I told whoever was telling me, I said, thank God for that hour. No matter how severe the pain was, thank God for that hour for I shouted with Randy I preached with Randy I can't sing much but I sing with Randy and in April I was preaching just this past April I was pe preaching in Florida very close to where Randy lived found out he was there I sent word to him I said Randy a, a note Randy if you don't want to come to church fine but I'm your friend Please come and talk to me a few minutes. Or at least call me. That's a preacher's boy. Call me. I never did get a call. I never did see Randy. I'm telling you, Leon, I'd rather put Derek away this week than to get a call like Brother Savage got 
this morning. For if Randy is in hell, he'll tell you if he could witness, there is no place. No place. No place like it. Yeah, but Brother Rich, I've seen people suffer untold agony. Mm -hmm. But in hell, it is nothing. The most severe pain. The most severe pain that you can imagine. It'll be nothing compared to hell. For there is no place, no place like hell. Whoever's going to get this song, come on quickly. Oh, God. Brother Lowry, he told his story. I'd heard it before, but Brother Lowry, don't ever quit telling that story. Come here, son. You right there. Right there. No, the other one next to you. Come here. Last night, this boy right here gave his heart to Jesus on the end of that altar. That's Brother Vince Wilson's grandson. I don't know whether Brother Vince Wilson could see or not, but in heaven, the angels were rejoicing. Brother Randy, is he close enough to go to your church? Try to get him in church as soon as you get him back. I know some holiness churches right in your area, son. Oh, you do too. There was others that were saved here last night. That's why we have Bristol Camp Meeting. That's why big white-headed preachers get up and preach till the sweat rolls down and they heard inside. It just might be. It just might be that I can rescue another soul tonight. For there's no place, no place like hell. When you gave your testimony today, don't ever quit telling that story. The next time I'm in a meeting with you, tell it to me again. And again, and again, Brother Lowry's brother is in hell tonight. I don't know how much pain was in his body whenever that knife went into his lungs. But he would tell you, if I could come out of hell, you could fill my body with those daggers, and I would gladly bear the pain if I could just get out of hell. For there's no pain like the pain of hell. One million years from now, hell will just be started. And then another million years, you'll still be weeping and crying in hell. The, the best sincere prayer meeting, the most attended prayer meeting with the most in attendance will be conducted in hell. But not one prayer will ever be heard. Brother Moore, your boys as long with my daughter, they're out there. But oh, don't you want to see them stay out of hell? Say, oh, I know it's good to preach against sin, and everyone here knows that I do. I preach against adultery. And just because my daughter's indulging in fornication, I do not cut her no slack. It's wrong, and I tell her that the wicked shall be turned into hell and that God's going to judge the adulterers, fornicators, and the whoremongers and cast them into hell. But what do you do when they're already involved? What do you do when they're already hooked on drugs? What do you do when they're already hooked on cigarettes and alcohol? 
They're on the road at a breakneck speed to hell. I'll tell you what I do. I lay as many prayers as I can on that downward road to hell. No, they'll never make Sunday school teachers. No, they'll never make deacon material. No, they'll never fill the pulpit and possibly never sing special songs. But if we could just pull them as firebrands out of the burning and we could just keep them from going to hell. For there is no place, no place like hell. Stand with me, please. Say, I'd like to hear an old-fashioned message. You just heard one. Preach the old-fashioned style. There is no place like hell. No place like it. Suffering, pain, be it ever so severe, when you leave this world and open your eyes in the flames of hell, you'll see that what you've been going through was nothing. Now is the beginning of eternal punishments and sufferings. I'm opening the altar right now. And sinner friend, I have preached this message to you. Backslider, I've preached to you for my soul. This has not been a message of intellect. This has been a message from my soul to your soul. All ministers can preach, but not all preachers can minister to the needs of the lost soul. Sinner friend, would you step out right now? Who wants to be the first one to walk right down this aisle? Right now you say, preacher, I realize there's no place like hell. And I'm coming to Jesus right now. Come right now. We're waiting on you. Brother, and I wish you'd help me. If you know somebody out in the congregation that's not living for God. Or if you feel like you'd like to walk down these aisles. Here comes some. How about it, young lady? Are you living for Jesus? That's right, young lady. I'd preach this message to keep this young lady out of hell. I'll preach it again tomorrow night. I can rescue one more. But there's many others out there. How about you, young lady? Right here. Is your heart right with God? Come on, right now. God's dealing with you. I knew it from the very start. Come on back to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How about it out there, mister? Young boy, young girl. Hell is a terrible place. Whatever you do, stay out of hell. No matter how poor, how wretched you may be in this life, you can miss hell. You can rest when you get to the other side. God's not through. Stay with me, church, for just a moment. Just a moment. Many years ago, I was a businessman in the state of California. 
I had my home sitting on the highest hill in Grover City, California. Beautiful home, a picture window looking out over the beautiful Pacific Ocean. My house was the highest on the hill. Working men, money coming in, new cars in my garage, new trucks, new equipment. But I got a call from the master to go spread the gospel, to try to pluck souls out of the burning. One night I'd only been in bed a little over an hour when I had some kind of a vision or a dream. And in my dream, I was standing with my back to a great chasm. I was facing a multitude that looked much larger than this multitude. They were rushing headlong and plunging off into that chasm. I never did look over that chasm, but I could hear the screams and cries as they plunged off of that chasm. In my vision, in my dream, God showed me with my hands outstretched. And I was crying to the top of my voice, turn back, don't go any farther. Hell is just one step more. Some, I turned back. Many rushed past me. One or two I can remember reaching behind me and pulling them back and turning them around. Was you one of those? Was you one of those? Or are you going to be those that rush on into hell? I haven't done very much in my ministry. But I'm still at my post of duty. That's when I sold my business and launched out for 30-some years a full-time ministry trying to turn souls to God. I'm still there. I'm still telling you, sinner, turn back. Turn back off of that road, that downward road that leads to destruction. I'm still telling you, hell is just one step more. Come on, let's play some more. God's dealing. God's working. God's trying to get you to come. Would you come right now? Come on, backslider. Come back to God. Sinner, come back. You out there in the shadows. Some of you have been visiting all the time I've been preaching. But focus in on the fact that there is a hell and you need to be saved. Would you come right now? Step out right now. Hallelujah. Church, are you praying with me? Pray with me. There's still others. Oh, God. Oh, God. Will you be one of those that we can turn around tonight? How about your soul? Are you about to slide off into hell? Or is everything right with you, young lady? You living for Jesus? Shadows are gathering. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh, God. Oh, God. There is no place. No place. No place like hell. It's no joke, sister. 
there is a raging fire imagine the greatest lake you can imagine like up around Detroit imagine that lake filled with gasoline imagine that lake ignited and your son your daughter cast alive into that lake of fire and that is nothing compared to hell I'm waiting on you young man I'm waiting on you young lady sir I'm waiting on you is it right with your soul y'all helping me up there aren't you pray with me church How about it tonight? That's right, young man. That's right. Stay with me, church. Holy Ghost is reaching out tonight. God's making a pull for souls here. There is no place. No place like hell. You say, yes, but I can't live that life. You can to stay out of hell, can't you? There is no sacrifice too great. There is no distance too far to travel. There is no burden too heavy to carry. There is no...